Well, good morning, New Life. It's great to see you all, six of you, one, two, three, four, five, six. And um, plus, I think it was 90 last time I checked the YouTube. It's great to see you all. Um, what a joy and wonderful privilege for me to be here and share God's word with you. It's always, uh, I feel privileged that I, who am I to share God's word to anybody? Um, but, um, yeah, by the grace of God, God has called me to become a pastor. And it's always great excitement to proclaim the word and share the good news with people around me. Yeah, my name is Jay Cook. Uh, and I am one of the pastors serving a boring part of this Hessian church, what you might call KM. Um, and also, uh, I happen to be a lead pastor, just like Christine explained. I'm a, a mission department pastor of this church. So guess what I'm going to preach about today? It's about mission. Yeah, I can hear some excitement there. <laughs> it's a mission. <laughs> so at the end of this service, I want all of you to be able to say, it's a good time to show us this slide that I've asked. It's coming up this side from mission impossible to mission impossible it's good it's there yes mission impossible to mission impossible uh, last Sunday my great friend Pastor Richard shared a very important message that God is God of mission what you call a missio day. Well, it's not a fancy Latin title, Missio Dei, but it reveals who God is. It tells about God's character, His identity. It shows us what God is doing in this part of the world. And it reflects really who we are as God's people and what must be done. If we say Jesus is our Lord and Savior, we are living under the Lordship of Jesus Christ, it tells us that we are also part of this God's mission work. What, what is mission then? What's mission? Uh, firstly, I will tell you what mission is not. Mission is not just a part of church ministry, like a managing a mission department. Mission is not sending money to support missionaries overseas. Mission is not even going overseas to support those who are in need. Then what is mission? The word mission came from Latin word missio. And missio really means to send or sending. Or some other people express this as a, a sentness. I don't know whether it's even an English word, but sentness of God. It's a posture. It's a direction. It's an attitude. So when we say Missio Day, sending of God, it's not just an expression of what God wants to do in this world. We read John chapter 17, but I strongly encourage you to read entire chapter John 17 later after the service. And you can see that God is not just interested in doing mission. God does not like mission. God does not encourage you to join his mission. God is mission. 
Because mission is not what you do, but it's what you are. If you open up John chapter 17, if you have Bible, please uh, just follow with me. Who is God, really? Who is God? In, in John, John chapter 17, verse 3, it, it talks about very important things. Actually, it's the most important thing that anyone can ever uh, have. That, that is the eternal life. And this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ. And there is an explanation. And this Jesus Christ is whom you have sent. God is God who sent His one and only Son. And who is Son? Jesus is the one who came to this world in, in obedience. And what does this Son do? In verse 4, He explains that He glorified God on earth having accomplished the work, the mission in perfect obedience by dying on the cross for you and I. That's, that was His mission. And what does, God, what does this Son promise to His people? I will send my helper. My Spirit, Holy Spirit, will come. John chapter 16, verse 7. Because it's better for you that I go away to my Father, that then I can send my, my Holy Spirit will come and help you. He will empower you, the church. What for? So that you can be sent as well to the end of the world. Can you see what's going on here? Do you see the picture? God never stops sending. God never stops coming and going. God is always on the move. Miss your day. It's constant movement of God. So should His body be. If the heads move, and if we are healthy body of God, body of the church is the body of Christ, and if head says go this way, and if we don't follow what the head commands us, or go the other way, either we have malfunctioning body, or we're disobeying Jesus, and it's not a good thing. If the head move, the body, the church must follow. So mission, you see, is not a part of church ministry. But in fact, it is the very essence of what it means to be church. But why God? God, why do you want us to be involved? Why does God want us to be involved in His mission endeavor? Can't He just do it all by Himself? Certainly, if He does it all, everything by Himself, He will do much better than, what, than how we do it. God has power to change people's hearts. God can reveal Himself anytime to make people to believe in Him without you and I going to the mission field and telling others about who Jesus is. God can do it, God can do it much better than how we do it. But why? Why does He want us to be, get involved in his, his mission work? And this is what Jesus says, verse 13. And this is what He says, But now I am coming to you. And these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. 
You see, Jesus is praying to his Father. Well, John chapter 17 is what we call the, the high priest prayer. He's praying for his disciples before he is kept being captured and die on the cross. So it's almost like, you know, I'm going away, and this is my final words for you, and I'm going to pray for you. And this is what Jesus is doing. He's praying to his Father. Father, I pray for my disciples that they may have joy fulfilled in themselves. You know, as a parent, my greatest joy for my children, by the way, I have only four children, <laughs> for all these kids, my, my joy for them is, is you know, pr not providing them good education so that they can go to tarmac and going into a good university, building up their own career, having a wonderful, successful future, and make a lot of money and buy his dad a good sports car, convertible, so that I can drive around with my wife. Oh, that'll be good, awesome. But well, that's not my greatest joy. All that I want from my kids is that they have joy that they can find in Jesus Christ. That's only one thing that I ask. You need to meet Jesus. You need to find the true joy that this world cannot give to you. And you can find this joy only in Him who gives life for you. And that's Jesus Christ. Why? When we find something valuable and good, we want to share it with other people, especially that people are loved one. If they are your friend, you want to share all these good things. Uh, you know, the, we are getting close to the end of COVID restriction, and I can't wait to go out and eat with my friend, Pastor Richard, because... As you heard from him last Sunday, he loves food. <laughs> and, uh, and Pastor Richard knows where to find some of the finest dining place. He tells me all the time which restaurant is the best place, which, what menu to order. And when he does it, he does it with passion. With his, you know, it can almost sense that he's, he's like, his eyes are teary and he's expressing all this greatest joy that he can enjoy together in the restaurant. Because as a good pastor, he knows how to share the good news with other people. <laughs> and I can't wait to go out with him to eat together. What is Jesus really praying for his disciples now? Father, I want them to find the joy. The joy that you have given to me. I want these disciples also know this joy. So I told them these things. And what are these things? And that's the mission. The mission that Jesus has accomplished. So, they, they, so these disciples, they also can be my, part of my mission team. I want them to enjoy this joy by participating in these mission works. So ask yourself a question this morning. When was the last time that you found joy in your life? What is your passion for life? What makes your heart beat with excitement? If you are living a dull and joyless life, you need to find what your mission is. 
Jesus prays to his father, Father, as you sent me into the world, so I have sent my disciples into the world. Are you the disciple of Jesus Christ? Then go, get out there where Jesus wants you to be. There you will find your mission. There you will find your joy. If you want to be a blessing for the world, you need to get on your feet and get out of your comfort zone. That's what exactly happened to Abraham. He didn't know where to go. He has to get out of his comfort zone, leaving his father's household. The land which God has promised, he, he, has, he hasn't got a clue which land to go. But he left because that was his mission. That was his calling. Same story for Moses. I don't know what to do, Lord. Just go. And he went in obedience. Isaiah, whom shall I send to these people who need to listen to my word? Here I am, God, send me. I will go. This is what happened to all the disciples of Jesus Christ. When you take first step in obedience and get out of your comfort zone, you will experience the hand of God upon you and leading your way, entering into the unknown territory, sailing through uncharted ocean. There you will meet Jesus. You are not alone. You will receive the greatest blessing that a man and a woman can ever have, and that is the presence of God, the very presence of God. And this is the promise that Jesus has made. It's an amazing promise. The glory of God will reveal in your life. Verse 22, the glory that you have given me, Father, I have given to them that they may be one even as we are one I in them and you in me that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me so brothers and sisters the world desperately needs you they need you the follower of Jesus Christ the world is seeking for the truth and they want to know what is the meaning of life they want to see the light that shines through the darkest hour. The world wants to find and taste the real joy of life, the smell of life. You and I are the salt and the light of this dark world. That's our mission. That is what we are called to be. And lastly, and more importantly, Where do we find our strengths for mission? How? Do, okay, we get that. All right, we need to get out there and share gospel with others, non-believers, friends, and people around us. But oh, God, you know me. I'm scared. I don't know what to do. What should I be doing? Where do we find our strengths for mission? And it is your holiness. It's very interesting what Jesus prays for his disciples as he sends them into the world. In verse 16, he says, 
They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. And he prays this, sanctify them, make them holy. In the truth, your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. So how can we proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ with non-believing friends and family? Yes, we do that through our words, with our action. But they won't be able to see Jesus if you are not sanctified, if you are not holy. The power of mission is in, lies in, in your holiness. Those who are sanctified by the blood of Jesus Christ will prove that God is real by being different to the rest of the world. Yeah, the sanctification, being holy, holiness, it doesn't mean that you are, you, you know, you're holy and holy, you pray all the time and you, you wear ties and suit and not being nice. That's not being holy. Being, being holy. Being holy is being, really being different to the rest of the world. And being different does not mean we need to act like we do. Uh, being different means... You act out, live out what you believe. If we reflect what we believe in our day-to-day -day lives, surely you will look strange enough to the rest of the world. Last week, Pastor Richard talked about a missional life, and one of the examples that he gave us is to go out and dine and eat together with non-believing friends and people around you who never heard about the gospel, just sit down and eat together and there is power behind. Yes, that's so true. But I will add one more thing. When you do that, just ask them, uh, would you mind if I just pray before you eat together? And they will look at you very strangely. <laughs> and when you pray, uh, you pray with your hand put together vividly so that they can see that you are actually praying. And they will either question you or laugh at you. But surely you will be different. We're living in a world that no longer, this is not a Christian world anymore, as you know. This is full of individualism. It's all about me, me, me. It's all about I, I, I. They even make a phone that has a name I in it. Have you noticed that? They even make a car that has a name I in it. Because that's a selling point. It's all about I. What makes Christian way of living distinctive, different to the rest of the world? We don't live for ourselves. Let no one seek his good, but the good of his neighbor. 1 Corinthians 10, 24. We don't live for ourselves. We live for God. And we live for others. Those who seek their, his own life will lose it. But the one who seek the benefit of other people will live. 
Verse 22 and 23, once again. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one. So that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you love me. Becoming one in unity is your mission number one. And the mission number two is let the world know that you are perfectly one. How is it possible? How can we perfectly become one? I found it hard enough to become one with my wife. Let alone with that guy in the church. How can I become one with that man? You see, this is only possible when there is intense relationship going on between brothers and sisters who committed themselves to love to care, to share their lives inside out. And this is what the Bible calls koinonia spirit, koinonia relationship. Have you heard that? Koinonia relationship. That is the intense relationship which the God, triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit enjoy together. I and Father, we are one. I only do what Father says. I will send the Spirit of truth, Holy Spirit. He will come and He will reveal who I am. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they are going on your relationship. They're perfectly one all the time. And this is what Jesus is praying for His followers, for the church. When brothers and sisters in Christ live out this wonderful relationship by the power of the Holy Spirit, the koinonia relationship, the sanctification of individual start to expand to the community of believers, to the church. And the world will see that. And they see Jesus in us. That's how we reach out to the people. That is our mission. Mission impossible? No. Mission we are possible. We can do it. We are all in this together because Jesus is here right among us. Now let's get out there and make some changes. Can we pray? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have sent your son Jesus into this world. You didn't have to do it. You didn't have to send your son Jesus to die on the cross to save the sinners like us. But you did it because you're God who are constantly moving around and sending. And Father, we know that you now have called us to go where you want us to be and make difference to the people around us. Father, this is our prayer. When you ask us to be a one may we sacrifice our lives for the benefit of others so that we may reflect who you are the triune God in perfect relationship that the world may know that we love each other we care for each other and we live for not for ourselves for others and for the glory of God and Father I pray for this new life church will be a church 
that go out into the world and make difference for your son Jesus Christ and for the glory of our Lord. And as we do so, Lord, fill our hearts with joy, the joy that overflows, the joy that this world can never give to us. Father, may we live in this joy and peace that you have promised. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.